Welcome to the Dr. Michael Podcast. I could be more excited to have my friend Michael Rossetti here, who has, is the founder of 3D Athletics, which is an elite basketball skills performance company, I guess I would call it. Uh, yes. Uh, company of one. Um, yeah. But and, and I know you're driving me because I follow you on Instagram and, you know, you're putting up a lot of great content and... Uh, I just, I love your grind and you have a really <laughs> serious fucking hustle, man. And we're going to get into Appreciate all that. of that. Um, so welcome, man. It's good. Thanks. Great to Thank have you here. Thanks. Great to be here. Uh, so Mike, uh, I just want to like take it back, you know, just kind of hear some of your story because I think sure. this is something that's important for a lot of young athletes to, to, to hear and to, and to, to hear your story in particular, because you know, you're someone who came from a basketball family, you grew up playing basketball, mm-hmm. you were an elite high school basketball player here in Long Island, you had a full scholarship for college for basketball, mm-hmm. you played at Pace, mm-hmm. and you made a career out of basketball. And you know, mm-hmm. a lot of folks, when they think of that, you know, they play sports and the end game, the only end game they see is being a professional athlete, sure, right? right? So like being in the NBA or playing free, playing in Europe or whatever your sport is, being a professional. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we were just talking about this. When we were growing up, there was not all these like sort of parallel sports industries with like, you know, elite trainers for young kids, right. you know, like oh, shit, I was playing on the, you know, pickup games, right, uh, you yeah. know, at the, ele- at the elementary school, you know, outdoor right. playground. Uh, but now, like, you know, my, my sons, like, work with trainers for basketball. My mm. daughter is, like, an equestrian and works with a trainer for yeah. that. Everything is so highly specialized. Sure. And, you know, just, I guess, before we kind of get into your whole story, like, did you see that as the end game? Or, like, you know, did you, what was your end game when you were hustling uh, through it in the beginning? I think, uh, I mean, first off, I, I graduated from Pace with a, with a finance degree. Um, so at that point I really had no intentions of like really where I wanted to go with basketball. Um, I played four years at that point and, you know, my, my initial goal was to play overseas somewhere. And then, you know, I found out that like, you know, at that point in my life, I was like, all right, you know, I'm a, I'm a six foot, you know, Italian guard, you know, you can find them anywhere. So I'm like, you know, do I want to, do I want to spend six, seven, eight years to try to eventually maybe make an income that I think is somewhat reasonable or should I go, you know, should I go and get my master's degree now and, and move forward? So I, I grew up in a family of like teachers. So I think sports has always been in my blood. I, I played three sports my whole life, you know, soccer, basketball, and lacrosse. And, you know, I loved all of them. It's just my, my father was a basketball coach for so long. So I, I think that's why I always kind of like push towards that sport. So I got my my master's degree from from Adelphi University, and um, and from that point, in teaching that was in, in teaching phys ed, in, in phys, phys ed, ed. yeah. So I had the business background, I guess, from Pace, and I think it was one of those degrees where I was like, I was in you know a collegiate athlete, and I think you know I was always a good student. I just happened to you know major in um in finance at that point, so I really didn't know you know what position I wanted to go into. So I think just, you know, after coaching at, at camps my whole life, it just, I think that's why phys ed kind of like just fit me. Um, so I got that degree and then, you know, probably weeks later, I, I had gotten a job with Jerry Powell and, you know, I had, you know, amazing opportunity to work with him for a couple of years. And, you know, I slowly started to see that there was a little, a little bit of a market and, you know, he does his thing one way and I, and I grew up in a teaching household and I, I felt like I had like a little different niche and I wanted to keep it a little bit more specialized to like, you know, not that he did anything wrong. It was, it was really like, I think I wanted to specialize in the one-on-one smaller groups versus like the very large big settings so what were you doing with him exactly what does he do for uh, that don't yeah know? so i mean he's you know he's probably at that point i think he was the most prominent long island name and you know i had a, a amazing experience working out with nba players and 
Um, so I was fortunate enough to work with him for like three years doing, you know, skill development, skill training, mainly in like large settings and then more specialized with pros and kids who played in college. And that's something that I, you know, I told him at that point, it was like, if I could do this full time, I'd, you know, I'd be excited to, cause you know, as a phys ed teacher, you can, you know, you can, I think you can impact kids for sure. It's uh, I think the whole school system has changed a bit. You know, my dad was a teacher for over 35 years. And I think the way he started and the way, you know, the, the industry is now like turned into, it's a, uh, it, it's, it's very student run now, so to speak, you know, right. so, you know, teachers don't have as much control as I feel like they should, you know, you, you have to be very politically correct in, in the student, uh, you know, Parents the student a, lot, forum. a lot more involved too. Yeah. They're yeah. very, very involved. So, um, yeah, I, I guess to answer your question, that's kind of how it kind of like started to slowly, you know, where I could see, I, I think there was somewhat of a market. How did you get that opportunity with uh, with Jerry? With Jerry, um, yeah. So uh, you know, I I was getting my master's degree, and then you know, a friend of mine who was starting up an AAU program, and he's like, "Hey, do you want to do you want to take a seventh grade group?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." But I I told him I really was more invested into like the skill aspect of it. So if there was a piece of it where I could work with the kids, coaching really was something that I really wanted to focus on. Uh, and that we were called, I think. Um, the crush at that point, the orange crush or, you know, something like that. So I had about 10 kids from like the Huntington, Comac, uh, Syosset kind of area. And one of the kids on the team happened to, you know, he, he trained with him. Um, they had an opening because one of the staff members had gotten injured. So it was literally like two weeks after I got my job at Deer Park as a phys ed teacher, you know, they, they told me to come in and I got the opportunity over there. So it was, you know, it was, it was definitely, you know, a learning experience for me. And I think it was great. How long did you do that for? Uh, I was there from like 2008 to just before 2011. That's a long time. Yeah. So then, um, you know, then my facility kind of started getting going about 2010, 2011, somewhere around, around that time, time frame. So your facility is in Holbrook, which is out mm -hmm. east yeah. of Long Island. Sure. And, um, uh, yeah, I guess since we're there right now in terms right. of like, you know, the chronology. Yeah. Um, so we were briefly talking about this before we started the mm -hmm. podcast. So you went in with your brother-in-law mm -hmm. and you guys leased a space. He's a yeah. basketball player as well. Uh, he's, you know, he dated my sister since they were, um, you know, juniors in high school. So he had, you know, he had taken the front office space and, you know, there was an industrial space in the back where we just kind of like turned into a basketball spot. Oh, that's cool. What was he doing there in the front office space? Uh, he actually had an office two blocks away. And, you know, we said, why don't we go in together and gotcha. you know, make it a family thing and kind of share the spot. So so you built out the spot, basketball courts in there. And, yep. you know, I saw, I mean, I've seen the video. Yep. That, that was filmed, the, the video you have on YouTube yep. was filmed in that facility. Yeah. So if you see, like, there's, there's, there's two half courts that are side by side because, you know, in most industrial space, like to have wide open space needs a, a ton of columns. So, it's 40 feet wide, so you can't can't really have a true to traditional full court. So that's why you'll see like there's there's two half courts that are mm -hmm. side by side. Yeah, cool. It looks amazing though. Yeah, like, I, I mean, really people nice. when they come in, they think they're coming into some type of doctor's office, and then they you know they see like it's you know 19 foot ceiling, so it's <laughs> it opens up pretty big from the outside. You know, you you'll think this up. Oh, maybe this the ceilings are 12 feet high. If you have enough space to shoot. So people come in, they're kind of wowed. So yeah. it's, it's yeah, nice. Yeah, it's cool. It's, yeah. very, it's very impressive yeah. looking. Um, so, I mean, talk to me a little bit about that. So, you know, you were teaching, you were, you know, you were working with, mm. uh, you know, Jerry Powell mm. and you were starting your business all at the same time. Yeah. So my, uh, I was, uh, when I was teaching uh, at Deer Park, I think that was one of the main reasons why I wanted to take this leap of faith to try this because I already had like a stable 
type of salary. And it didn't appear that I would be losing the position. Um, you know, enrollment dropped, I think, pretty quick. And, you know, they had told me, you know, you know, this is your last year teaching based on the enrollment in the schools. So uh, it was definitely difficult because I think, you know, teaching was something I really was starting to enjoy, especially at the high school level. I think, you know, at my age at 25, 24, you know, kids, I think, saw me as like a, a somewhat of a role model because mm -hmm. I can understand them. It wasn't traditional phys ed teacher, 50 years old. They right. can't relate to the guy. Um, and I was having a lot of fun. Um, so at that and you were point, coaching basketball I was, too. yeah, I was, I was teaching, coaching, uh, coaching, uh, the JV team there. And then that last year I was teaching was my first year open. So I was, I was really trying to grind just to get like, get the, get the facility exposed. You know, I would, I would probably stay at almost 10, 11, almost 12 at night after teaching all day. So those early years were really, really hard. <laughs> yeah. It always is by me. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I talk about a lot is like kind of the way when you started your business, like having a stream of revenue coming in mm -hmm. that's steady i did the same thing when i started my business right. kind of goes in one pocket out the other but right, at yeah. least like you're making some right. money you're not just completely right. going under mm -hmm. so what happened when you lost your teaching job where was the stream of income coming from uh really i mean i because i was so young at that point and you know i didn't i didn't meet my wife yet i was i was living at home so anything that that was coming in was going directly to the business to just try to grow it and expand it so, you know, I would, I would try to get to the office probably, the, you know, between eight and nine after like an early lift and just like get on the phone or email from like nine to at least almost two, two thirty before kids came in. So I didn't see really see the light of day just because I wanted to just expose usually the time I'd be teaching. That's what I right. try to invest into, like getting the, getting the word out. So if I had to meet with coaches or do anything, just, you know, pro bono, or just take anything that came there. So right. and I think it helped. It definitely helped. So my mindset was, all right, if my teaching gets reinstated because of, you know, being excess that, you know, I'll get the business to a certain level, then I can, you know, then I can balance two again. But that, that, that opportunity never came. So. Were you looking, were you actively looking uh, for another I, teaching position? I was, I was, but I wasn't, I think because I was, I was a little, I don't want to call it insulted. I was a little taken back that, you know, the opportunity that I, I felt I really put my heart into it right. that I said, you know what, if, if you know, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be, you know, as a basketball trainer, I feel like this is where my heart is. Let me try it. You know, the hours aren't great, but let's see what happens. So right. that's kind of where I was at at that point. So now you're like, how many years in? Uh, this is, I'm actually just finishing year nine. I'm going to year 10. I just, yeah, just finished year nine. I'm going to year 10 right now. Wow, man. That's flying. On my by. own. Three, three with Jerry and, you know, now 10. This is my 10th year on my own. So it's flying. Wow, man. And, and you know, you're... I just from knowing you, just from knowing you, just a little mm. bit socially, but also right. just through your Instagram page. I mean, you're working like seven days a week. I mean, I think yeah, there's, there's so, something yeah. going on. Yeah, but you kind of have to, right? Because you kind of have to work nights because the kids are available mm. at night, and the weekends right. the kids are available. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I try to get a, a ton of mentorship, but I, I feel like you know, as much advice as you can get, no one's really invested in your business other than you. So when, when, so when someone, I, I always try to put myself in the kid's perspective that if I'm 16, 17, 13, I want to get in the gym and, you know, my trainer's going to help me. I feel like I want to influence them. So now that I've, now that I have a daughter, I have a wife, it's like, now I'm balancing like, okay, you know, should I be a dad at home? Should I be a trainer here? You know, what is my, does my wife want me home? And I'm, I'm constantly like juggling, you know, what's the right decision? Yeah. You know, cause at some point someone's getting insulted, right? I mean, we're going to lose either way. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think working seven days a week has always kind of just been in my blood. I don't see it as working. It's like, all right, if I do three or four sessions, it's not really a full day, you know, that, that, that might be all right for today, but 
you know, I'll, I'll figure it out at some point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny because there's never, when you have like a wife and kids, you're never going to make going to be able to make the right decision. No, you know what I mean? No. You, you, you literally can't be in two places at one time. It's, it's almost like this negotiation you have to just make with yourself and say, Hey, you know, I'll give my all like when I'm there, but I also have to give my all to my business. Right. And, right. Right. Yeah. You know, you're, you're like, for me, it's like my patients rely on me and I have to give my all when I'm Definitely, seeing my patients. For, sure. for you, it's like the, the kids are relying on you. Yeah. You know? So you kind of have to give them everything that you got. Yeah. I mean, early on, you know, as a single guy, you know, when, when I didn't really have as many clients, so I could be like fully invested in them. And now they've, you know, they've gone through college, graduated. Some of them, you know, had gotten a full scholarship, which was amazing. You know, they saved themselves almost 250000 for yeah. their family. So to see them go through the pipeline and, and them to come back and say, thank you, like you impacted my life. That to me, that's like the most rewarding thing you could possibly have. There's no, you can't put like a price tag on that. So I still like, I still want to have that influence. And so now I'm, I'm in a position of like, all right, can I, can I get someone underneath me that wants to share that same belief to help another population of kids so that I can kind of pull myself away to kind of manage it a little bit more to be like a little bit of a, a liaison between trainer management, you know, yeah. Be on the business side of it, being an administrator, you know, do more things like this. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's funny, man. You know, like there, um, do you ever read that book, the E-Myth Revisited? Uh, Mike has shared that to me. Yeah. So I've, I've watched some videos on it. It's just, you know, so one of the friends that the, the reason why we know each other is because right. of, yes. of our mutual friend who is right. a very successful entrepreneur. And we actually met in a mastermind meeting yes. Yes. that he put together like a year and a half ago. And he's the guy I talk about a guy, you know, I was talking to one of, when I started this whole you know, chapter in my life. Mm. A lot of that was inspired by, I always mention, I was talking to my friend who's a very successful entrepreneur. That's Mike, yes, yes. you know, our mutual friend and the five books that he gave me. And one of the books was the E-Myth Revisited. Mm. And you're living that life of yeah. the baker right now. Right. You know, yeah, like, yeah. you know, you're, you're basically wearing all the hats. Mm. And, you know, I, it's, and when I talk to other entrepreneurs and we all went through that, like when I started my practice, I was wearing all the hats and, mm. For a really long time, actually, until like, you know, a really long time until maybe eight years or nine years into my own business, you know, mm -hmm. and you're kind of at that point now. Um, but it's, it's kind of hard to hand one of those hats off, yeah, you know, I, I find that because you're so yeah. used to doing it. And we were touching on this a little bit before we started the podcast as well as there's sort of like two sides of it. Like no one's going to be as invested in your business as you are, but you also can't be, do you can't like do everything mm -hmm. in your business. And sometimes you're working you're working in your business all the time. You're not really working on your business. Right. So it gets tough. I've gotten better about it. Like I've been able to delegate, uh, you know, some stuff, uh, right. but it, but it's really, really tough, man. So I, I definitely feel your pain, man. Mm -hmm. And I know what you're going through because especially yeah. having a young, you know, a young child and, you know, wife at home. Yeah. It, well, I it's find, you know, it's, it's funny. I, you know, a lot of people make fun of me, but I, I find that like, and I don't get a lot of sleep. I, I choose it personally. Like I, you know, I was like, Oh, you need to, you need to get seven hours. And I, I, I can function on three or four. I, you know, I, it's not that I need seven, eight, but I, I find that, I mean, you probably get it too. It's like the minute you wake up, you know, your phone's going off. There's a ton of distractions. I find that from like the 11 o'clock hour to the 1, 1 a.m., 1.30, like there's nothing going on. I could put everything away and I could actually like think and I could yeah. email people whoever I want to email and schedule to send later on that next morning. And I, f I feel like I actually can function better at that time of night right now at yeah. this stage of life. I agree, man. Just yeah. because I feel like I, this, I don't get that quiet time during the daytime and then before you know, kids are on the court and now I'm like, I'm doing six, seven sessions and now it's the day's over. It's like, 
and it just flies, you know, yeah. especially as appointments, right? You have appointments. So like your day consists of, okay, who's my three, who's my four, who's my five, who's my six, who's my seven night's over. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, totally. Yes. For me, it's very something like the very early morning hours are like my yeah. key hours, like right. think and kind of plan yes. my life. Yeah. Um, so I just want to take it back a little bit, Michael. I want to, I want to like kind of, you're obviously like, I'm just even when you watch that video of you just dribbling the basketball, like you're sure. nasty, man. Like, you know, you have like, <laughs> you know, it's, when, like when you started playing, I'm sure sports at a very young age, like, you know, mm. basketball, when you were like a little kid and mm. you have siblings and you're yep. playing with them and you know, your dad sure. and you know, yeah. all that stuff. What was the point where was it like when you were in middle school or when you were in elementary school that you were like, shit, I'm really pretty good at this game. Well, I had, um, I had like a little bit of an epiphany cause I mean, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, um, I was always like a tra- travel soccer was what I was exposed to first. I mean, my, my dad was a varsity basketball coach, but I was like, I guess cause you know, have your, have your kids played soccer before? Yeah. yeah. So it just it seemed, starts at soccer. It just yeah. seems to be at that age, like soccer had the most organized thing where you could play travel and do all these other things in my area in Suffolk County, basketball wasn't as like, you, you couldn't be on a travel team and mm-hmm. doing the, do this and do that. So it just seemed that like, and my, my first coach was a professional in Trinidad. So I was like fully engaged with him. He, I think he impacted my life like right away. So I was always like a very focused driven kid. Um, it just, where was, are you in like the pecking order of I'm, siblings? I'm the last. So, so the youngest, I, I was, okay. I'm the fourth one of like three successful, very successful people in front gotcha. of me. So like my, my sister played five field hockey, Villanova, my oldest brother, he played basketball at Oswego and brother just above me, you know, he, he played, he played at South community college for two years and then moved on to Eng- new England college. And he was very good. I, I think he should have been a, a, a scholarship player. He like, he was like i think unbelievably unbelievably influential with me at a, at a younger age because he would you know compete with me in the driveway and really push me and i and i think that kind of like built out that competitive spirit so going back kind of what to what you had said is um you know there was there was a point i believe um you know it was probably in i, I want to say like sixth seventh grade that um, you know, IS8. Have you ever heard of IS8? Mm-hmm. IS8 in, in the city is is one of the most prominent like city basketball leagues. It's in like a very small like elementary sized gym, and um, you know John Edmead, who I ended up coaching his son. He you know he put together this like Long Island team, and I I played I played up with kids that were like two years older than me. So I got exposed to like city basketball early and I felt it's a different thing. right? And I just felt that I did not belong on the court. I mean, I, I think I was decent, but like these kids were just are amazing. And, and I was like, you know what? I gotta, I gotta put some work in cause I can't feel like this on the court anymore. So I, I, at that point, I feel like as a young kid, I almost like disassociated myself with my friends. Cause I'm like, I have to like, I have to make this ball feel like it's on a string. Cause if I feel like this on the court, I'll never be good. So my, my mindset was if I can handle the ball better than anybody in my town, I'll play the whole game. And so that's why, you and know, this is 11, 12 years old. Uh, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty young. That's pretty intense, two, yeah, you know, my, my best friends across the street from me, they, they moved to Georgia. So we were always like doing things together. Now I felt like my neighborhood friends were gone. I had nobody. So it was like, you know, social media didn't exist. Yeah. None of this stuff was around. So my parents were just like, go outside, come home when it's dark, right. that kind of thing. So that that's square. And and I'm the youngest of, of four, but my oldest brother's 10 years older than me. Yeah. My sister's eight years older They're than me. Gone. They were all yeah. in college. So it's not like I had like a ton of like at home exposure to my siblings. So that was like, I guess the epiphany at that young age. I just kind of like 
took it to another level in terms of mindset. Did I think I was great? No, I just, I'm like, I'm going to work hard. That's so what did you do? Like, how did you, you know, what, what would you do? I mean, it was, well, like, it was even YouTube. You couldn't watch like right, yeah, YouTube videos, like learn stuff. Well, that's the thing now as a trainer, like, I mean, there's things, things we agree with, yeah. there's things we disagree with, but at the end of the day, it's going to help morph you into who you want to be as, a, as an instructor for, for me personally. So I take what I want and I make it my own. Um, just like you would in any encyclopedia mm -hmm. or book. Uh, so I, mean, I tell the kids this a lot of times, you guys always think that everything has to be drill related to get better. Right. I mean, I just, I, you know, I just, I would, dri I would dribble to like Seven Eleven just to get a Slurpee and dribble home. Like, you know, just as you work on my weekend, keeping my head up, like stupid things like that actually like resonated and made me better. Um, uh, but I, I always would dedicate like a significant hour to just ball handling, not even taking a shot, you know, how it have like either 45 minutes of two ball half hour of like one ball drills um there was a guy by the name of you know kenny atkinson who's the yeah. brooklyn nuts coach right now and any camp that i went to he was like the guest lecturer at that age right so he was still playing overseas and for the kids now like he was like someone i really looked up to that every single summer i want him to know i got better right so throughout the whole year i would push 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 and be like all right if i demonstrate for kenny i want him to be like hey mike you got better you got better this year and that's that's kind of what my thing was like all right, i got 12 months to prove myself wow so you know so you're really very motivated man i, I was because i think like you know being the youngest of four all very good athletes i didn't want to be the one that just messed right. up right so would um, your parents put pressure on you like no no I, all my friends thought that you know my this is my dad's 40th year coaching varsity basketball wow. so they always thought like oh your dad's pushing you i i don't think he pushed me i think from the x and o standpoint he definitely gave me like a tremendous amount of knowledge but he never was like hey mike you need to go outside and, and make a thousand shots today you know right. i don't think i just i just put it on myself that you know if i can you know for me if i can be an overachiever and just push it like Something good will happen. I don't yeah. know what it is, but, you know, I just try to let time run its course, you know, that kind of thing. Wow, man. You really, like, so, believed in the process. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. It's amazing because this is something that, for in, me personally, there have been, like, little bits of it throughout my life. But mm -hmm. it's – it's. I mean, at a much later age, I was like, okay, I'm trusting the process. I'm going to put mm -hmm. in the 10,000 hours or whatever it is yes, right. and grind away. Like, you know, you were probably, like, 10,000 hours in by the time you were, like, 16 years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I had some, like, good ability, but – um, you know, that, you know, you play in these AAU events, right? My, yeah. my, my team was, you know, I played on the New York city Jaguars. So for me, like, you know, I, I struggle with anxiety just like anybody else. You know, everyone has like, you know, whatever they want to diagnose is what they have. But, you know, as a Long Island kid playing against kids who played at Archbishop Malloy and Holy Cross high school, they were exposed to much more competitive, um, environments all throughout the year. So for me, you know, a lot of kids in Long Island are three sport athletes. They don't, they didn't specialize right. at that point. So I always felt that like, all right, after the end of the season, I'm, you know, I'm going to be on this team and I got to, I got to perform. And, you know, my coach played in the NBA. So it was like, who's your coach? Uh, his name was Kevin Hamilton. He played at Iona and then played in the Boston Celtics for a couple of years. Wow. Um, so about 10 guys on our AAU team all got full scholarships. So. That was at a point where before now, like there's there's so many teams and yeah. you know, the talent is so stretched out that whatever team you're on, you, you, most of the kids are jumping around, jumping around. We we stayed together for a number of years, so I feel like that just you know for me intellectually, I put a pressure on myself because like those kids were getting better every single day, and I'm right. like I got to match, what I got to make doing. up for it somehow, right? You know whether yeah. it was by myself and so socially, I feel like I I really like 
remove myself from like the high school environment, which I'm, I'm a little regretful of, but I, I, I kind of had my, my own vision of where I wanted to go. And most times when you're in a public sector in schools, you don't have a lot of kids that really like are really driven. So everyone kind of saw me as like an anomaly, like, uh, you know, what a weird basketball kid. Yeah. Like, why don't you want to go out? Why don't you want right. to do this? Why don't you, and I'm like, look, everyone has their interest level. I'm not going to stereotype you. Cause that's what you want to do. That's totally up to you. I just, have goals it's where i want to it's what i want to do so were you just like lighting it up in high school like in long island uh i would say i had like a good i think i had a good career i mean i scored a thousand points i was i was fortunate enough to score we have like a record right the, like the number two all-time uh, scorer yeah, I was, yeah i'm the second leading scorer um that happened to be you know my my 10th grade year my you know the the best kid on our team the second game in he like fractured his ankle oh my so, you know, for me, growing up, I was always like the unselfish pass first, like traditional point guard, John Stockton-ish kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my, my my coach, when he went down, was like, look, you have to score. And I never really knew how to do that. So for my 10th grade year, I was really trying to learn and develop, like how to put the ball in the basket. So, you know, I had a pretty decent sophomore year. Then my, my junior year, we had like, you know, a couple like couple incidents when in school like you know kids got kicked off the team and so we underachieved and then my, my senior year I was really driven to just like just make the most of my opportunities being that now like I'm on the same same wavelength as every other kid in the county you know I, I had I think I had a really good senior year and then you know I had tore my ACL two weeks after the season so oh, no. so really like I had this like I feel like I, I was starting to peak and you know I had some like low division one interest which is that was my number one goal. I wanted right. to go to go play at the division one level. Most of my friends were going there and that happened to me and I had no I didn't commit anywhere yet. So I was very like unaware of like where am I gonna be now? So a bunch of schools that were really looking at me, some of the coaches had gotten fired or dismissed and so I really didn't know where to go. Pace was just something that kind of fell in my lap because my dad had watched them in the NCAA tournament for the division two. He's like, Hey, their style of play fits, you know, fits where you, you know, I think your interests are. Why don't you take a look into it? Um, and it wasn't really where I wanted to go. It just that I actually was going to try and walk on at Villanova. My sister was a graduate there. Jay Wright had just gotten a job. My dad was pretty friendly with him. I went up there. I watched a couple practices. Did you play when you were there or you were still injured? Like, did- uh, no, no, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I was hurt. Um, we had, we were talking about this before I had gotten hurt, so I, I went up to watch a practice just before they played St. John's, okay. and I was gonna walk on just because I felt like you know that, that would be an amazing experience at the Big East at that time, yeah, and I, I wouldn't even care about playing time. I'm like, if I could just you know push the guys that are playing, like this would be great. Yeah. Um, it just so happened that you know they had signed um you know baker dunleavy which was mike dunleavy who was yeah. the nba his his brother and then speedy claxton his his brother had gotten you know gotten a position as well so jay was like look we have you know kind of full on a roster right. so you know so that kind of like that kind of got pushed away and so pace is something was like you know that was like my last resort kind of thing that's interesting so, man. yeah well you made a lot of your opportunity there man yeah, yeah i mean i mean i still i still you know have great relationships with my teammates to this day so i mean if you look at my stats you wouldn't be wowed by like my stats but i feel like i, I had influence on the team and I, I made my mark where i needed to make it you know i don't think numbers always tell like the the the, the true story of what especially when you're a guard you know right like, yeah Right, all I mean, little things. But I think now we're in such like a, st- a statistics-driven society, society that like, all right, if you didn't score twenty points a game, like you must have not been good, you know. And that's that's kind of where I have a little bit of like 
self-doubt on myself that like if I go into a new market and someone researches me, they're like, well, how good can this guy be? He only scored five points a game in college. Like, what are you going to tell me that I don't know? You know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you'd be surprised. You're, you're tough on yourself. I'm, I'm you know? tough on myself, yeah. but I know, like, I know I could teach the game. It's yeah. just a matter of like, all right, when I, when I, when I get on the court, I have to, I have to show that right away. Right. I have to impact them. I have to like, you know, get them to believe in me and trust the process like right away. Yeah. So what do you do? How do you do that? Uh, I, I, like I, like I said, I don't have like, when I, when I first get introduced to someone, like, not that I'm trying to be intimidating. It's just, I want them to know, like, there's a level of serious focus. There's no, yeah. there's no games. We're not going to fool around until right. like, I feel like we've developed that rapport to kind of like now Choke take it down a notch yeah. a little bit. You're intense. You're definitely intense. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's too full, but uh, you know, no, it's no, kind no, of no, who no. I am, you yeah. know? So. so what do you do though? I mean, you said like, you got to kind of like show them that you got, you know, that they, um, I mean, I guess with the, with like a, with an older or, or a more experienced player, like we kind of like, it depends on what they want to work on. I think the older guys already have like a viewpoint as to who they want to be. I think the younger kids sometimes in this generation that there's so many like dad kind of coaches in the CYO level that they don't know what like a focused practice is supposed to be like. Mm -hmm. So I think you have to, you have to somewhat set the tone right away in terms of not screaming and yelling, but just like initiate what you want from them or set the level of, of set the bar or the level of expectations high. Right. So even if they don't get to that level, they're, they're still getting better. Right. Right. So do you go to a lot of games? Like do like the, the kids, like, the high school kids are you able to see them play i, I you know it's, it's still like, time right? it's so yeah. It, yeah it's not that i don't want to go i really want in you know in spirit i definitely want to be there it's just you know all right do i do i go to two high school games today and not have five workouts at the facility because i'm only i'm understaffed right. Uh, right now i just brought on three guys from pretty much a part-time level that have all trained at the facility so i think they already have like an idea of like all right what what are the expectations and, you know, I'm going to try to see, you know, how many, how many guys I can kind of like just slowly start to like integrate them into their routines. Like right, maybe sometimes they work out with me, sometimes they work out with them. And now they can see different viewpoints and perspectives. You know, I don't think everybody knows everything, but everyone knows something. Right. So I think there's value from, you know, where you want to take it from. So are all the other kids, the, the guys that work for you, they're also like elite basketball players or uh, yeah, yeah so like ryan hickey is is he he was like one of my first clients when i just opened um you know he worked out with me for probably a good seven years he got a full scholarship uh to dowling college then dowling dowling closed after his junior year he had to finish his final year at mercy college uh nick paquette he just you know he had a, he just battled cancer like he came wow. back from cancer um he still has like a mild case of it but you know he takes medication for it uh, Hunter Schenkel, he's a he's a, a senior right now at, at SUNY Farmingdale or Farmingdale College. Um, so he's he's someone that's like starting out and wants to see if he can you know help out the business in whatever way he can. So, and I guess it's my job as a role model to like yeah. now like show what's worked for me. And then I told him last night like I want you guys to develop into someone that you want to be, not like who I want you to be. Right. So I think it's a perfect opportunity for them to find find themselves. Yeah, that's great, man. It's almost like you're training like your own workforce in a weird right, way like because right. you, know, you train these kids you know yeah. it's awesome yeah do like high school coaches and college coaches reach out to you say hey can you come down for like a day and work with my guys uh i mean less than i'd like um you know i think I, I this is just my viewpoint on it i think now because there's so much exposure to the kids that you know if you have uh, let, let's just say for example at a public school is a really good kid right and i happen to have a relationship with a catholic school 
and that kid now wants to go to Catholic school. I, I don't want that coach thinking that I had influence of that kid leaving the public school to go to a private school. So I think in a way they, they kind of like, they want to almost surround themselves around their own players and protect right. them. And I don't think there's anything ego related. Like I don't want any kid to say, Hey Mike, you got me better. I want it to be like, well, I had it. I had somewhat of an impact to help you and your coach and your situation at your school, you know? So I don't think like, it's like, I don't want to take the credit for anybody's success. You know, your parents, number one, should take the first amount of credit and your own work ethic. If I just happen to be a part of the journey, that's that's awesome. You're, you're too humble. You're, yeah, too, well, you're too humble, man. I just, feel, I just feel like, you know, we're in so much of like, all right, this was my guy and this is my yeah, guy. I it's get like, it. I get it. Well, like, you know, you can go to Target and you can go to Walmart then you can go to King Cut. You can go to any store you want. Why does it you have to be to one trainer, right? Right. It doesn't make sense to me. No, I think that's a very evolved outlook, you yeah. know? It's interesting because, you know, Ra, Rasan are yes, also our yeah. mutual friends now working with the Nets. Mm -hmm. And he, he tells me, like, the guys, like, the elite guys, like, you know, Kyrie and Katie, mm -hmm. they have, like, their own guys mm -hmm. that basically train them. Right. You know? Is that, like, something that would ever interest you? Like, say, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had I've had a relationship with Lance Thomas over the years. I mean, have I worked with him as much as I'd like? No. I mean, when you get to that level, you're all over the place, yeah. right? But, I, you know, I'm just appreciative after, you know, since opening that he still communicates with me when we can. I mean, I've, I've gone to Lifetime a couple of times and, and worked him out. But, you know, because they're on the road so much, they need to have like almost like a team of people that they trust. Right. You know, because everyone wants to jump on the bandwagon, take a photo with a, with a pro and be like, that's my guy and throw it on social media and get a ton of likes. And and that's really what I think a lot of guys right now just want it as, right, as a, as a way to right. just overexpose themselves to get more kids and build their business through others. Right. So um, in terms of in terms of like, you know, the pro market, I. You know, a couple of years ago, there were I did have intentions of like, hey, can I get on a staff almost like, like Rob yeah. and and say, you know, can I be a player development guy? Yeah. And you know, just like Jay Jay Hernandez, Jay Hernandez is on you know the Hornets staff. Yeah. And yeah. He's moved up into the the assistant coach you know realm, and he's doing an unbelievable job. So you know, I don't know from a from from a you know from a logistics standpoint if if my body can keep up. You know, I'm 35. I think I'm in good shape right now. To do the amount of on-court hours when I'm 50 is is I think going to be t tough. So I'm going to have to transform into something different. I, I just don't know who that is yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at like um, like Dirk. You watch that documentary with Dirk. Uh, you know, his like his coach, that physics guy, like mm -hmm. all these crazy drills that he used to work. Yeah. Did you see that one? I I have I've, I I kind of know what you're talking about. I haven't gotten to see it yet. Yeah. Though. Well, that guy was like 70, man. He was still working with him. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think yeah. you have to worry about that. But yeah. yeah, it's pretty wild. You know, it's it's. It's uh, it's fascinating for me getting like an insight just through like you and through sure. Rod stuff like yeah. how like involved like yeah. professional sports, even high school sports or like you know any elite athlete, yeah. how involved it gets, man. You know, right. I mean now if I if I were to take myself now and put myself in high school like these kids, I played soccer, basketball, lacrosse. I was a you know I was a varsity athlete since my freshman year for all three. That. I don't know if I would have played three like that. I think my my full time sport might have been basketball, and training might have been like my my off season activity. Right. You know because you know you have a lot of these kids that are running from lacrosse, coming to here. It's just it's just too much because everything has become twelve yeah. months. And now when you know you have a kid that you're like, all right, well you have some ability for, in in basketball. Now you're I don't call it wasting time, but now you're playing lacrosse and you want to play college basketball. It's like. 
all right, now it's tough. But the 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 athlete inside of me is like, go play lacrosse. It's going to help right. you as a basketball player. Yeah, that's a whole cross training thing. Like, right. you know, playing multiple sports. Sure. Kids are at a disadvantage a little bit, but yeah. when they don't, you know, right. yeah. it's tough, man. It's like a real balance. Like my yeah. nieces were elite squash players, like national, like ranked number one and two in the country. Yeah. And that was their sport. They travel all around the country doing it, you know. Mm-hmm. Neither of them plays it anymore. They're both in college, but right. it wasn't, you know, for them, it was, that was their one sport, 365 and a half days a year, right. you know, training right. and yeah. there was no, nothing else, you know, yeah. which is, I think how every, like my, my younger niece is like, uh, she's 10 years old is like an elite golfer. And like, mm-hmm. that's, you know, all year round, that's what she right. does and plays right. the tournaments. It's so different than, than when we grew up, you know, I, mean, yeah. I wasn't uh, like an athlete or anything like that growing up, but Everyone played every sport. You know, like yeah. you, the varsity guys played, you know, like you said, they yeah. either played basketball, baseball, and, you know, soccer or whatever it was, yeah. you know? Yeah. I know. I just, I've, I've kind of been blessed with like a conditioning level where I can, ha- I can handle a lot. So, you know, I would leave a lacrosse practice and get on my driveway and put an hour in like dedicated time just because I know like I, I was on the soccer field for two and a half hours. Like I didn't have a ball in my hands today basketball is something different to me i feel like if you if you can't have a connection to the ball you can't you can't have any influence on the court whereas soccer and lacrosse i can kind of put that down and i can just pick it up personally i feel like it's more of a movement related activity basketball is only five guys and as a point guard if you if you can't control the ball with a lot of pressure you're not playing yeah so i feel like i really needed to like spend a lot of time on that so who do you who do you like now? I know Rob was telling me just like when he sees Kyrie in practice, it's just like a different. It's like he's like everything that guy does is like is like a highlight reel. Oh you know? yeah, I mean like when I was working for Jerry, that was when Kyrie was actually just going to Duke. So I had the opportunity to just rebound for him once. I didn't really work him out. You know, he came to the gym. I just spot shot with him, and even as like a high school senior, he was like automatic. You know, because uh, you know Jerry knew I was a Duke fan, so you know that's why Lance I kind of like got right away and, yeah. and then Kyrie at that point. So, I mean, yeah, he's, he's a marvel. I mean, the way he finishes at the basket is, is, is amazing. Who else do you like? like what? Uh, I mean, there's, there's so many players now. I mean, Steph Curry is, 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 is amazing. I mean, most of the kids just like their marvel at is just his shooting ability, but his ability to handle the ball is, is pretty amazing too. Um, guys like Trey Young. Um, I don't get to watch a ton of NBA basketball, but I, I watch what I can. Um, you know, there's this teams that are a little more stagnant, like the Rockets. Well, hopefully different now with Russell Westbrook there. You know, but, you know, to everybody stand around and watch James Harden is is tough to watch, but it works, right? I mean, yeah. D'Antoni's, you know, pretty much been a genius from the offensive side. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I am a Nick fan. You know, I'm, hoping, too, I'm hoping, I'm it hoping sucks. at some it point. Sucks. I tell my kids, listen, just become a Nets fan now. Yeah, right. You know, save yourself a lifetime of pain. Right, right. right. And I'm also a men's fan. So, oh, yeah. you are? Okay, yeah. yeah. So it's normally, right. yeah. But I'm a Giants right. fan, so that's good. Yeah. I, had, I had a couple of, you know, right. good wins there. So but let's just close with, you know, this is something that I'd like to ask everyone because sure. everyone has like, it's funny, everyone has like a different but yet similar answer to the question, uh, what success means to you, man? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> You know, you could use that. You can go in so many different directions with that. Is it is it financially related? Is it spiritually related? Is it relationship driven? Me, as if 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 I could find somewhat of a balance between, you know, uh, being a great entrepreneur, a businessman, and being an unbelievable dad, father to my daughter, and you know, being a husband, that I can kind of like just I don't want to be financially free, so to speak. Where where when I wake up if I could just make the decision that's the best for the day and not have to worry on any end, 
that to me is success. I don't want to say like, yeah, I want to be a seven figure company and that's success because I feel like once you hit that, it's like, all right, I want to get to eight. I want to get to nine. Right. I think that's just kind of my mold is like, you're never satisfied. Um, you know, so I get, I guess success to me is like, can I, can I battle the demons that have been bothering me my whole life in terms of like anxiety, you know, um, you know, just never being satisfied with whatever level of success I've had. I mean, you've probably already read it on some of my answers here is like, you know, sometimes I'm too humble for my own good just to say, you know, at the end of the day, I did a good job today, you know? So, yeah. you know, in, in a small way, that's, that could probably be my, my, uh, my definition of success. I like that, man. Yeah. That's a very honest answer, man. And, you know, you strike me, man. And I think anyone who meets you is like, you're very intense. You're so focused and you're just, yeah. you're fucking just grinding, man. It's just like, you know, <laughs> your answers, you can hear it in there, man. You know, yeah. and, and listen, that's what gets you to where you want to be, man. So, yeah. you know, and I, I, you've already achieved great success, but I just see your star yeah, just yeah. rising, man. And well, you know, it's guys like you, I walk into this office and I'm like, you know, already I'm like walking out of here. Like, okay, that, that just impacted me a little bit. I got to push it harder now. Right. So, that's it. That's what we do yeah, for each right, other. Right, man. Exactly. That's, I mean, that's really what it's all about. Even like social media and all that stuff. Yeah. It's really like inspiring other people to, you know, if I can do what I've done, anybody could fucking do it. There's nothing, yeah. nothing special about me. I mean, Everyone has their own talents. You're like, right. I could never play basketball like you can right. play basketball. But ev everyone has a gift and it's literally doubling, tripling down on whatever that gift is. And, you know, and also in the things that you're not gifted at, like I'm not gifted in like, the majority of things, but you just grind your fucking ass off. And, yeah. you know, to, to hard work will compensate for so much, you know, and you're living that, man. And, you know, yeah. it's just I love this moment because. Mm -hmm. You know, as much success as you've achieved, we're going to be sitting in this chair in a few years and you're going to be telling, you know, like you're going to be telling the story about how all your grind, man. Just, yeah, that's, you know. my, that's been my goal. And that's why I trust the process, because at some point, you know, if you just humble and you, you try, right, something good may happen. If it doesn't, at least you could say, you know, what, I did my best. Right. So. It's gonna happen, man. Well, yeah. thanks, thanks so yeah. much for taking time out of your. I know your schedule is insane, man. So no, I appreciate you right, sitting down for me, man. All <laughs> appreciate, right, appreciate the opportunity. All right, that's so. it. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Mudgill podcast. The corresponding video can be found on YouTube, IGTV, and Facebook. Let's get it.